I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This is Everyone is Hot. I'm Michael Stevens. And I'm Shelley Brooks. Each week, we invite a guest to discuss their movie crush. And the film that proves that person is a stealth sex symbol. Hey, let's get horny. Hello, Michael. Hello, Shelley. <laughs> How are you? I am very, very well. Um, Good. <laughs> I dropped a ring on the floor and the Uh-oh. stone fell out, so I glued <gasps> it back into my ring. This sounds like uh, a plot point in like a romantic comedy. You're like, oh my god, I dropped the ring and the stone fell out. I'm supposed to propose in ten minutes. Oh god, you know what? It would happen over like a pile of glass, so I wouldn't be able to <laughs> find the right. Wait, thing. is this is this a romantic comedy or like a Saw movie? <laughs> um, I mean, this is and New it York City. On a pile of glass. This is New York, New York City. There's piles of glass everywhere. Oh no, the stone fell into a pile of needles. You've never walked <laughs> that have around. all been used. <laughs> You've never walked through the city after hours uh, and and encountered a piece a you know, a puddle of broken glass on your midnight yeah, I, excursion. It is crazy how things happen after hours, right? Yeah. yeah. You you run into some kind of funky characters. Mm-hmm. After hours in New yeah. York City, huh? Very huh? spooky after oh. hours. Oh, after hours, things get kind of crazy. Which, yeah. oh, oh my God, 
this is so random but like is it random you just saying that made me think like don't we have a movie that we're going to talk about after hours <gasps> that's right we're talking about the 1985 martin scorsese film after hours starring griffin dunn terry gar Catherine o'hara rosanna arquette linda fiorentino tommy chong cheech marin will Patton, and bronson p show oh, oh my, my god. god you mean the film that that's follows so random <laughs> yeah you mean the film that follows paul hackett portrayed by griffin dunn as he experiences a series of misadventures while making his way home from new york city's soho district during the night I do mean that film, though, honestly, I appreciate you bringing it up, Michael, but I don't know if the listeners are going to really absorb what the plot synopsis is if you say it like that, you know? The film that follows Paul Hackett portrayed by Griffin Dunn as he no, 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 sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I think they might need to hear it in a slightly different way. They need to hear it. I think if, uh, if you're going to tell the audience about the plot, they might need to hear it in like a specific way. You know what I mean? I'm going to try it one more time. Okay. Okay. And you let me know. Yell at me if I get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah, I will do that. I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. And applaud me if I get it right. Okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The film that follows Paul Hackett, mm. portrayed by Griffin Dunn, as he no, experienced. That's not exactly what I was looking God for. God damn it. No. God damn it. It was, it was a choice. It was a know. choice. I wanted it to was, make a strong <clears throat> It was It was a bold choice, and um, you should be proud of yourself for that. Thank you. You know, you, um, you made a choice. Yeah. But I don't know if it's the right, I don't know if it's like exactly what we're looking for for this. Um, you, you know, far- I, I are really. You, are you firing me right now? No, no. It's, I just like, I think that was really brave, honestly. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if like that's the direction that we want to go in right now. So you... maybe if you could try something, something different, just something, mm, something new for you. But maybe also traditional at the same time. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Mm. You only read this like a 90s white man? <gasps> you know what? I hadn't thought about it. Are you asking me to try this now, wider? Now that you say that, yeah, I think it's an interesting take. <sighs> Just for you, Shelly, I will do this. Thank you so much. But Thank you so much. Oh my god, you're a star. You're a star. I just, I just oh want god, you to star. know this compromises so much of my integrity as a uh, black theater actor. Mm, yeah, you know we're just we're just trying to keep the the producers happy. You know, so it's not it's not you. You're great. You're op- You're a star. Mm-hmm. You're a star. Mm-hmm. You know, we we do have to answer to the producers at the end of the day. So okay, okay, I want to keep just my try job. it. Just try it. If you okay. don't feel comfortable, we'll do oh, yeah, something yeah. different. Yeah, but like, yeah. I think it just let's let's just try it out. Let's just see how it feels. The film follows Paul Hackett, portrayed by Griffin Dunn, as he experiences a series of misadventures while making his way home from New York City's Soho district during the night.
we got it. Did did that feel as good for you as it felt for me? Hey, look, I'm just trying to make a paycheck right now. This is what I do for money. Mm, no, I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. You, mm-hmm. And you're an artist. Mm-hmm. You're an artist, and we respect that. Mm-hmm. But honestly, mm-hmm. what you did just now, mm-hmm. that was art. That was... I saw that and I said, that is a star. Well, I, I hope that, that guy history remembers. That is a star. I hope history remembers me as um, someone who is just trying to pave the way for future black artists. Um, so brave. So yeah. brave. Yeah. And honestly, I think, you know, I, <coughs> I'm i not certain just yet. Um, we are going to have to wait to hear back from Scarlett Johansson's people because she <sighs> has also expressed interest in doing this. But... But honestly, if she's not available, I think you got this. God I think you got it. it. She's always scooping. It. She's always scooping the important, the important roles. <laughs> you know, she is she is a star, and she she's got star. range. Is the yeah. thing. Yeah. She's got range. But that was between me and her for the really good. You know, it was between me and her for uh, Harriet Tubman in the Harriet movie. And honestly, I and neither you would have been it. amazing. Yeah. You would have been amazing. But sometimes I do think it is a shame that Scarlett didn't have a go at that role. Because I think she would have been pretty brilliant. But, yeah. you know, what, <laughs> living in these woke times. Living in these woke times. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I, an artist can't even be an artist anymore. Mm. <laughs> so, it's, mm. But, you know, that's not, not my problem. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, I just, <laughs> you know, a white woman can't be an artist anymore, but that's fine. That's, mm. it's fine. It's fine. Speaking <gasps> anyway, of white women artists. Uh, so, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> I almost had it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that this movie offers a um, a very important lesson to n- not get involved <laughs> with artists in New York. <laughs> Just no, don't do it. <laughs> Stay steer clear. Keep a wide breath. You know. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's always going to be trouble. Yeah. Um, so this movie, um, I- I'm curious to know your thoughts on it. Um, yeah. What did you think? This, honestly, uh, you know, he's made banger after banger. But this might be my favorite Scorsese movie. What? I, I what? really love <laughs> I love this movie. I love the cast. I love that it actually captures, like, what it feels like to try to get home <laughs> in New York in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. That it's a fucking nightmare. Oh, it's, no, it's great. What about you? What do you think? Um... Oh gosh, now I'm I'm curious to know about your worst time in New York getting home. But um before that, <laughs> I, I will say I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't know that Martin Scorsese was so funny. Um Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, are you kidding me? He's so funny. These are so funny. He's oh so my god, funny. in Goodfellas, when they go to, to dinner oh, with uh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> his mom, funny. she shows the picture and um yeah, they're like one guy's looking this way. One guy's looking the other way. <laughs> yeah, he's so funny. Oh, I love Martin. Oh, I love yeah. Ma- that. What a controversial statement. I love yeah. Martin Scorsese. 
<laughs> Not many people will tell you this, but actually, I really like Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was this was definitely a, a a fun, a more fun Scorsese movie. Um, yeah. yeah, I think he's underrated as like a funny guy because I mean, Wolf of Wall Street is fucking hilarious. Like, oh, wow, that's right. I think, I think that even in his more like serious minded movies, like, yeah. he tends to be pretty funny. I mean, you know what? Maybe I already... watch like. Yeah, the silence and expect you know a laugh riot, but like ew, he's a funny guy. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take back my statement. I, I guess I did know that he was kind of funny, and this movie is <laughs> like I, I think it's unique that it's. Does he write his own? Like this is uh, delete no, all of this. He works from other people's screenplays. No, <laughs> no but it, it is interesting because I feel like you know so much of our sort of like tourist thinking is that like okay to be like a genuine auteur need to write your own stuff you need to direct it but one of the things that i really like about martin scorsese is that like he's got like such a recognizable imprint as an artist but like he rarely i I don't know that he ever writes his own stuff at least like by himself i mean he he works from other people's screenplays but like he's just got like such a distinctive point of view and visual style that like you you always know it's gonna it's a it's a scorsese picture yeah but this one, I, yeah, I, I feel I've watched this movie over the course of my life uh, yeah. two two and a half times. Uh-huh. <laughs> once when once a month ago, once uh, before this recording. But that that's my half viewing. Um, yeah. And then once when I was like, I want to say it was six or seven years old. And Wait, really? Yeah, I watched it. It must have been on on the WB like late at night (laughs) and i remember watching it and being and thinking to myself wow like being an adult fucking sucks um (laughs) like (laughs) this guy's job sucks um and watching it recently i i really identified identified with it viscerally because the kind of job griffin has as like a word processor is it's one of those I call it like a quote unquote non job um, <laughs> yeah. that is shaped by the needs of the time and the technology mm-hmm. of the time. And it's kind of like, I think, uh, being a like an account manager and a, or an account executive at like a large tech mm-hmm. company where it's like, yeah, oh, God, sure. you, you go clickety clack all day. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I believe this film was a part of. Uh, uh, it was part of something called the yuppie nightmare cycle. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a mix of screwball comedy and film noir per mm-hmm. Wikipedia. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot of what it feels like to work in, in that kind of world. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that what is so sort of like potent about the movie is that, like everything is like slightly askew but like not enough that it feels like thoroughly surreal it's like it it does feel like the just like an amplification of like how fucking annoying and like like surreal normal life feels yeah um yeah no i mean and i think that like the starting out at the office is like a great sort of grounding of things because then like when you get into those like sort of misadventures during the night um 
yeah, it feels like how so much of modern life is sort of like ping ponging between like absolute boredom and and just like a feeling of sort of like insanity outside of it because like you have a few hours at a time to like be able to live a human life yeah so bleak yeah it's really bleak uh but manages to be very funny as well and something that i really love about the movie is that like i think more so than almost any other scorsese film that i can think of like that it's got that like really kinetic camera that it's like nothing necessarily needs to be happening in the scene but the camera will be like panning and doing like all this like interesting choreography in a way that like really underscores how sort of like off kilter and um like energized the entire film feels like like i i think it would be easy to like say that you know it was just a sort of like show off move of like having all these like great pans and stuff but like i think that like the sort of like paranoia and like nervous energy of the movie like would not exist if you didn't have this camera that's like constantly moving no matter what's happening like within the frame yeah no absolutely i have a question for you yes now uh we're talking after hours we're talking getting back home in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. i'm curious to know about a new york experience of yours where you had an absolute nightmare of a time getting back home (laughs) i feel like that's like most weekends in new york (laughs) um (laughs) i think probably the the most annoying one was when i went to some i think i was living in Brooklyn at the time. No, I might have been on the Lower East Side. And I went to a party somewhere in like Midtown with a bunch of finance bros, which is already Oh, that sounds fun. A nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really great. Uh I was dating like a finance dude at the time, which, you know, the folly of youth. Uh (laughs) incredible. And got too drunk at this party and then (laughs) i fell asleep on the subway so it like went so far that like the train had like looped back around and like when i woke up i was like in the bronx and i was like (laughs) what am i doing (laughs) this is (laughs) this is an absolute fucking nightmare (laughs) but i just love like going out in new york and it's like two in the morning like you you know you're a little drunk it's like you're tired because it's super late and then you like go down to the subway platform and it says like the train is coming in an hour and a half and so then you like run back up and try to catch a cab and like walk for a few blocks no cabs are coming you try to get an uber but it's like gonna be 70 dollars you're like fuck that like i already fucking paid for the my fucking subway ride you go back down at another station and you just like have to like eat shit and like realize like i guess i'm gonna be sitting here for two hours god and then eventually i'll get home (laughs) god I've had so many of and those that's nights. Why no one should go out. Yeah, what was your worst one? Um, so I've had a lot um, of those different, uh, just a <laughs> couple of clips of different scenes. Uh, dudes masturbating on the subway in front of me. Uh, <laughs> dudes having sex with the ground. Um, I don't know why I call it having sex with the ground. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that sounds non-consensual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess... Uh, uh, masturbating with the ground. Um, well, sure. Different men masturbating. Um, oh my God. But 
All right, so there's one time that I do recall. I want to say this is 2015. It was a nice, innocent night uh, with a couple of my friends from from improv. And we were at a bar in LES having a grand old time. And then there was a man at the bar who kept using uh, mean words to describe me and my friends. And uh, so two of my friends, like... uh, one of my friends, he's like, you know, tall, skinny, nice guy. Another guy, he's kind of a broy. Wait, a tall, skinny guy who does improv? Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just to give say. you, just to give you a picture of like our our physical types. Um, oh. and then one of our guys was like this uh, kind of uh, like a buff Joey Tribbiani type, and <laughs> you know, kind of broy, but really sweet, really nice dude, and. This random man at the bar, you know, big buff guy, uh, you know, an obvious uh, predator uh, <laughs> in the animal kingdom that is New York City. Um, oh, that kind of predator. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like, wait, was he wearing like a trench coat with nothing underneath it? <laughs> no, 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 not not a no, like a like a an apex predator, like totally sure, obviously sure, sure. not like <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not he, a to catch a predator kind of predator. No, not a not a to catch a predator type. Oof, well, oof, that <laughs> night would have gone very differently if we saw one of those. I would have got my camera out and said, "Be gone." But that that's not what we had. We had, you know, big uh-huh. bully type. And sure. so he was saying all kinds of mean things uh it within earshot of our uh-huh. big buff friend, and our big buff friend okay. was like, "Stop, man." And he was like, your friends are clowns, yada, yada, yada. He used some <laughs> other some other words that I will I not repeat say, <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, I assumed and, it was something a little stronger than clowns. Mm, a little bit stronger. He used clown in words that were a little bit stronger and more hurtful than clown. Uh, clown isn't also, it's not an insult. Sorry, people. Um, it's a very... No, because you were actually a, a student of clowning. So I'm actually a student. Joke's on I'm, him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm actually an aspiring clown, so that's a compliment. Yeah, you're like, um, have you heard of the Magnet Theater, sir? Uh, hello, uh, we are all comedians. And, have uh, you heard of the Upright Citizens Brigade, sir? sir? <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, he was. He talked a lot of crap, and my big buff friend, he was like, I've had enough. And he just punches the guy in the face. And yes. me and my other pal were like, what? He like defended our honor. And so... Um, <laughs> We all, he had another friend who the bully guy had another friend with him, and he was like, Oh, so you guys want a duel? Um, and I can tell <laughs> Did that he, he throw pro- down a glove, he didn't throw down a glove, but he was wearing like a boat neck shirt, so I didn't feel super intimidated. I was like, Oh, this beautiful Richard Gere esque man wants to fight us, we should just leave, and so. Uh-huh. We left. We all took the subway. And uh, I didn't say this, but we were all very, very drunk. And so I ended up falling asleep, waking up somewhere. And it was somewhere in Brooklyn with a graveyard. It was like. What? Yeah, I was awoken by the dead. Uh, (laughs) I guess I just I forgot to get off the subway, fell asleep and was surrounded by the dead. And so I took the train back home and then I had. Uh, improv class the next day and a week later we went back to that bar and the bartender was like yo your friend punched out like a top coke dealer um what in les and so 
a oh very nefarious God. character. Oh my God. And so I've had uh, many a night, I mean, late night in New York City, but that was one where, you know, I got tuckered out by all of the action. <laughs> got all tuckered. Yeah. Yeah, my, well, I think that my most memorable late night subway was not, not the worst one. It was actually like the best one. Mm -hmm. um, this was right after college. I was living in uh, East Flatbush. Uh, I was one of the OG gentrifiers there. Ooh, <laughs> oh. shout out to uh, gentrifiers. Oh. <laughs> 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 boop, boop, boop. Shout out to gentrifiers. <laughs> Living in a terrible apartment that I found out I was paying a lot more for than anyone else in the neighborhood because mm -hmm. I was a dumb white kid. Mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> I was working at a restaurant. And so I was like coming home at like 1 a.m. some night. And like, I love like when you work like shitty late jobs and everyone on the train is just like so ready to get home. So like, no one's usually no one's acting crazy. Like, and on a weeknight, like on a weekend, if it's like late at night, people are like, you know, doing doing all sorts of mischief. Yeah. But if it's a late night on a weeknight. Yeah. Everyone's just getting off their shift and they are all just like, let's be cool because we yeah. just want to go to bed. But I ended up sitting by a magician oh, no. <laughs> who had a huge like this huge like uh rectangle in front of him that was what? like waist height on wheels and was covered up so like no one knew what was inside of it right and then for the like hour it took me to get from like chelsea to east flatbush this man just kept pulling out animals he would like put it like out of his like sleeves he'd like pull out a bird and then he'd like pull a rabbit out of his jacket. <laughs> like he like had like a full menagerie by the time we got to my stop. He just kept pulling out. And like also this was like a, a like a low rent magician, so like everything's like a little dirty. Like these animals look like they're not having a great time. <laughs> but he just kept on like put like a lizard out of his sleeve or whatever the fuck. Like it was that was actually a, a highlight of <laughs> of the late night uh subway. <laughs> Holy moly. So do you yeah. think this was some kind of a mating call? I feel like that's something Maybe. about that feels very charged. Um, <laughs> it, it was a bit charged because also when it was like a full train, I was sitting right beside him. So we were truly like touching shoulders. <laughs> he just kept pulling out these fucking animals. He was, was trying like, to impress you, get, I think. I was like, if I get fleas from this fucking rabbit, like, <laughs> I'm going to kill myself <laughs> Look at how fucking fertile I am. Check that out. You want to hold my bird? You like this? No, sir. You like, you like this? No, what about thank this? you. What about a rabbit? I can shoot out a lot of different kind of things. Check that out. Oh, my God. Also, you waking up uh, near the graveyard. I <laughs> dated a different finance guy. I unfortunately dated multiple finance guys in my past. Mm. Um, and this one told me a story about being in London. And waking up with no pants on in a graveyard and like bleeding from his leg. That's sexy. <laughs> I, yeah, and he told this story like it was like a like a fun, funny little anecdote. And I was like, wait, 
how'd you get in the graveyard? Like, what? Where did your pants go? He's like, who knows? London, man. Honestly, my man did meth. My man did PCP. (laughs) My my man, like, that's how that happens. (laughs) I think that might be correct. Yeah, he shouldn't be acting like he don't know. Yeah, he's like, I don't know what went on. Nah, he 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 did one of those one of those trailer park drugs, you know. Yeah, you can't can't do the trailer park drugs. I honestly one of those project drugs, you know. Yeah, I don't do any of the drugs. The you know the one time I did cocaine, I just talked to someone about Wes Anderson for way too long. (laughs) I don't ever want to see you on cocaine. Um, (laughs) That sounds horrible. I gave this man, a, who I didn't know, a real earful about shot design and Wes Anderson movies. God. And I was like, never again. God, you ever do that shit to me, I'm going to call a press conference. Honestly, it's only like one degree more annoying than I am on this podcast. <laughs> uh, speaking well, of anyway. this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. I want to know a little little trivia about this film. I was just about to say, mm-hmm. that Michael, mm-hmm. would you like to give us our first little bit of trivia here? Absolutely. <laughs> Martin Scorsese could not figure out a suitable ending for the film. He asked Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, and Terry Gilliam to watch the film so they could give him their opinion on how the film should end. Why don't you take us to number B? Number B. Martin Scorsese told Griffin Dunn to refrain from sex and sleep during filming in order to get a more realistic feeling of paranoia. Gotta keep those balls nice and filled up. (laughs) Uh, Did I ever tell you, Michael, about Balzac and his writing process? No, 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 no. When I was in a college literature class, I learned from my professor that the great novelist Balzac would edge in order to do his best work oh, while he was writing. I know about this. He would drink this. about 40 cups of coffee a day, and he would jerk off until he was just about ready to come, and then he would write his beautiful French novels. Okay, yeah. And that's I just know a little tidbit there. <laughs> I know a writer named Grant Morrison who does the same thing. Good for you, Mr. Yes. Morrison. Yes, yes. Get that dick hard as hell. Then write some beautiful, beautiful films. No, don't come. You better not come. Don't don't you dare come. If you don't ever you come, dare come, you gotta drink 40 more cups of coffee and jerk off Mr. all over again. All we're trying to come is words on the page. Yeah. Now, yeah. Michael, yeah. could you could you read us number C? Absolutely. The key drop shot, where the camera drops vertically while tracking on Griffin Dunn, was done in two takes. In the first take, the camera lens was put through a hole in a wooden board, and then the board was dropped from the roof with bungee cords. After the first take was done, producer Amy Robinson, director Martin Scorsese, and cinematographer Michael Ballhouse refused to do the shot like that again for fear of gun safety. According to Robinson, the bungee cord started smoking. Dunn, on the other hand, was oblivious to the danger and was ready to do another take. 
Ballhouse filmed the second take with a fast crane move. Great work, Ballhouse. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Very good. We just finished it just as the track was ending. And don't we love that? Very good. Uh, Quick question about uh, Mr. Ballsack. Mr. Ballsack, yes. Yeah. So if he Ballhouse, Ballsack? Yeah. So if he comes... After uh, trying not to come, do you think he lives close to a to a subway where he can get himself a nice big subway sandwich to rebuild all the proteins that he needs in order to charge up his load? No, see, I think the problem is that subway will only serve people who come thinking about little children. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I didn't want to go Jared. there. <laughs> Yo, fuck you, Jared. Fuck you, Jared. Fuck you, Jared. What a fucking fool. Man, he could have ridden that for so long. What a jackass. He got so much money off of just wearing a big pair of pants. God. And he fucked it up. Because he had that dude's whole deal. Fuck his whole deal. I, oof. Imagine imagine living that life. (laughs) God, what a way to fuck it up. You could truly just ride for the rest of your life on being the He could the have been the king. Guy. He could have been the king. He could have been the king. Fuck that up by being it's, gross. By being a fucking creep. Oh, fucking pervert. Here at Everyone is Hot, uh, we fucking hate Jared. And yeah. we don't support Subway. I haven't had a Subway sandwich since I found out about that shit. <laughs> I said, hell yeah, no. I. Listen, they've got a multitude of problems. They've got Jared. They've got the fact that apparently in Ireland they can't sell their sandwiches as sandwiches because the sugar is so high that it has to be categorized as cake. That is <laughs> fucking wild. Yeah, so we here at Everyone is Hot, we um, are anti-Subway unless they want to give us money for advertisements, in which case we uh, fully support Subway. I don't take it. No, fuck it. I I will not take it. <laughs> I will die on that hill. My Michael has um, values and standards. I do not. So Subway, if you <laughs> like to do a commercial, uh, I'll let Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, shoot me an email. <laughs> God. Well, so our our last little bit of trivia we got into not Ball Zach, but Ball House, mm-hmm. and. Man, this dude has the most amazing career. I mean, yeah. he's done so much with Scorsese. He did Goodfellas. He did Age of Innocence. He did The Departed. Uh, he also did Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Ooh. He is. He did Quiz Show with Robert Redford. What? I mean, this guy is like a true legend of the cinematography. I'm... Oh God, a lot of good, a lot of good people involved in the making of this film. Um... Lots of good people. Oh, also, I didn't even mention Ballhouse did a bunch of stuff with uh, Rainer Werner Fassbinder. Really? Like the the bitter tears of Petra von Kant and World on a Wire. Get the hell out of here. I know. No, this guy is like a true legend. Amazing. And that is like everybody involved in this movie is like fucking incredible. Yeah, Joseph Minion. Yeah. Yeah, Joseph Minion. 
Film editing by Thelma Schumacher. An amazing cast. This one is like truly I I don't know if like this is my favorite Scorsese because of the movie itself or just because like literally everyone in it I adore. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, Joseph Minion, I know from a recent rewatch or, or a recent watch of uh, Vampire's Kiss. And I was like, this movie feels a little bit like After Hours. And uh, lo and behold, uh, boom, yeah. same writer. I will say I have not watched Vampire's Kiss. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Um, it's a movie about a man <laughs> who <It's> a movie. <laughs> thinks he's a vampire. And he's played by mm. Nicolas Cage. Uh, it's a different kind of Not yuppie really. nightmare. And uh. it's Nicolas Cage's most deranged performance. <laughs> uh, Which little... is saying a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to spoil too much or talk about this movie too much because we do need to talk about it on the pod one day. But sure. uh, my man eats a cockroach in this movie. He eats a real cockroach like it's nothing. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Wait, so do you know, like, from, like, background trivia that he eats a real cockroach? or is It's it a real cockroach. Yeah, I would not be surprised if he ate a real cockroach. That it's, is a, it's a real one. Uh, he pulls no punches. Incredible. Amazing. Oh, my God. What? What a star. Mm -hmm. That's That is the kind... Of dedication that you want in your movie stars. Yeah, but our man is not in After Hours. And he is not. I do want to pivot back to this because I need to know, while we still have some time, who was who are your notable hotties of this movie? I definitely have a couple that I really appreciate. <sighs> See, this is really hard because everyone in this movie is so hot. Yeah. Uh, I love Griffin Dunn. I think he is very underrated uh he is one of my like favorite actors who never quite like became a list but i think is just absolutely brilliant he also is uh how is he related to her he is give me one second griffin dunn is joan didion's nephew what so you know he's got literary pedigree what a good a nephew. actor what a good nephew he is. And my God, he's been in so many things. He, you know, I like that he's getting like a little TV renaissance right now. He's also in The French Dispatch, the Wes Anderson movie that's coming oh, out. Oh, fun. Uh, oh, I, I love Griffin Dunn. I, he should have gotten more leading roles, but, you know, I'll take, I'll take what we got. Roseanne yeah. Arquette is so beautiful. But, I, I mean, obviously, Catherine O'Hara yeah. is... Best of the best. Of course. We love her. We love Terry Gar. Oh, we love Linda Fiorentino. Icon, Linda Fiorentino, Will Patton, who uh, people might know as White Coach from Remember the Titans. Mm. White uh, Coach from we... what? White Coach. What? Yes, White Coach. <laughs> white Coach. Oh, I, <laughs> I love White Coach. I Everyone should have white a friend coach. like what? White Coach. We love White Coach. Oh, my, oh God. my God. My friend, my friend did a play with him. Wow. Said he was very nice. Said he was like a complete like actor weirdo, as you would hope. Wow. He apparently like lived on a boat, was like a merchant marine or some shit for a, wow. a while, uh, and apparently is just like a, a a a nice weird old actor guy. 
so we love we love <laughs> Will Patton, but uh. I think that my top crush has to be, you know, a relatively small part in the movie, but Dick Miller, the guy Miller. in the restaurant in the diner, who you know she blows the kiss to, and he catches. Yeah, he's got his little vest on. Oh, he's very hot in this movie. There's lots he's of like little an older man. Yeah, <laughs> I I love all the little weirdos in this movie, and I like that like you know a lot of older character actors. It's like yeah, this is like why like why I watch movies because I want to see like a random dude just yeah. like shining for one scene. You know, uh, my man John Hurd is in this movie and. Mm-hmm. He's one of those actors that you see in things in that in that time who could have been like a Robert mm-hmm. Redford, but wasn't. And everything yes. he's in, I love him in this. I love him in uh, Between the Lines. Um, yeah, he's he's so great. Um, but he is not my crush. Oh, yes. okay. Go he, on. Go um, on. Mine is uh, another... Uh, my number one hottie from this movie is another. Is it Tommy Chong? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a uh, Bronson Pinch. Is it Cheech Marin? It's, Sorry, it's Bronson Pinch, Pinchot who has like. Uh, that is a great pick. That is like I think he's so great in uh, many of the bit roles that he does in eighties movies. Yeah. I love him on Perfect Strangers. <laughs> um, yes, but he's he's so good at playing. Uh, I don't know if they write things for him. Or if he just improvises many of his monologues right. in movies. But yeah, he's one of those like good, like utility players that can come in for even like a scene and yeah. like make an impression. I, Which I, I feel w- like is what this entire podcast is about. Yeah. I, I really want him to, uh, similar to Griffin Dunn, do a little guest spot on uh, Succession. Because uh, there's a lot of fun actors uh, that I see on that show, like uh, Fisher Stevens is another one that I really appreciate. Oh, um, he plays Hugo. So good. Yeah. He's got the biggest head to neck ratio of anyone in Hollywood. He's so the great. Skinniest neck I've ever seen. I love <laughs> yeah. him. <laughs> I know he was problematic because he played that Indian character, but yeah. man, he he's embarrassed so by that too, which I'll give him I some. Know. Yeah. He's actually like one of the few like white actors who's done something like that. And is like kind of cool about it. Like, and like recognizes that it was fucked up also, instead of saying? like being defensive. Like, good for him. I like yeah. Fisher Stevens. Yeah. No, I can't wait for us to like really dig into Succession because man, the hot character actors in that show, it's oh, endless, endless. There's so many. Ooh. Well, that about wraps it up. Uh, Sugar Things, great to chat with you. Uh, if you want some more content from uh your favorite people check us out on social media we are on all of the social medias at everyone is hot pod that's every numeral one is hot pod um and you can check us out there yeah and i would like really strongly encourage you guys to leave us a five-star review um and if in your review you told us who your stealth sex symbol is we might just read it on the air yeah but also if you leave us anything less than five stars, you can go fuck yourself. Get, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck. Yeah, you can the, shut the fuck, the right fuck up. Shut the up. fuck up. Fuck off and shut the fuck up. We don't it. We don't need you. We don't want you. We don't need you. If we you want give you. us less than five stars. Get so. out. Scram. Why don't you fucking scram? All right. So 
Thank you. Thank you. Michael, thank you. Thank you, Shelly. It's been a thank pleasure. You. It's always a pleasure to speak with this you. It's been so Happy Sabbath. fun. <laughs> yeah, it's <this has> been fun. <laughs> Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. <laughs> and uh, one thing that we will ask of all of you sugar things out there is for the stay. love of God. Oh, my God. Will you please, will you please stay, stay horny. horny. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.